Shoulda and woulda. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Are you serious? They all play here. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Into the great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. As promised, joining us now, first time guest of the show, Garrick Rattler from New Orleans.network's own Pals Pod, New Orleans.network, part of Nick Underhill's network over there covering sports. Nick, friend of the program, and uh, Garrick, friend of his. Garrick does a great job on the Pals Pod. At Pels Pod on Twitter, the official account of the New Orleans Pelicans podcast that uh, he and Raf do. At Garrick underscore Rattler on Twitter. Let's welcome him aboard. Good morning, Garrick. How's life, man? How are you? Welcome into the show. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, feels good to be back on the on the airwaves of the 337. I, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a rage of Cajun at heart, uh, so, you know, it's always good to step by. But I appreciate you having having me on, man. So tell us, what, what makes you a raging Cajun at heart? I mean, look, I spent four years of my life uh, over there at, uh, at, at UL, uh, three years of my life at the quarters over there. Shout out to, to my, my people over there at the quarters. Uh, but man, I, I just love my time there. Uh, it, it changed. It like broadened my horizons there. I met a lot of great people there. Um, a lot of good, good folks that I still keep in touch with. Um, and I, and anytime I could get out there to a raging Cajun football game, I try to, um, because that's just, I, I it's home, man. <laughs> good stuff. Garrick Rattler, our guest, the raging Cajun alum, and uh, host of the Pels Pod. Uh, and before you say so your first time guest, so what? What is your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? You may not have one, but we have to ask you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, unfortunately, uh, the Beastie Boys wasn't really my flavor. Uh, much love to them, uh, you know. Much love to them, but uh, you know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't a true Beastie Boys. So I'm not going to even try to give you some kind of like politically correct, uh, like mainstream song that everybody answers. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you, but I, I, I will tell you that I, I you know, I, I do respect their place in music. But you know, what, 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 what song? If I was to be uh, introduced to some Beastie Boys music. You know, just to kind of get into what would you what would you suggest? I'll go listen to the um, well. All their albums sound very different. That's the thing. Okay. So a lot of people a lot of people know the '86 album, License to Ill, which is more of like a, a punk rock kind of rap album. You know, it's got okay. Fight for Your Right, and that's that's '86. You know, they they toured with Run DMC, so it's it sounds very different than their other albums. Uh, my oh, favorite wow. album of theirs is Check Your Head, came out '92. Ill Communication is great, you know, uh, Hello Nasty came out in 98, that's the one that has Intergalactic on it, a lot of, that whole album sounds very, every song sounds different, so I think, you know, you could, you could listen to their, one of their albums that's not licensed to Ill, and it's hard to pick out, you know, what year it might have come out, and their last album that came out before one of the members passed away of cancer, they had some, you know, they had some guests on it, like Nas, and they did some other songs with some different artists, and I know, uh, you know, it's funny, I asked Nick Underhill, 
a few years ago, and he was like, oh, yeah, and he tried to name something, and he just named, like, Sabotage, which is a classic, right? But, <laughs> and then afterwards, he's like, yeah, man, I thought about just throwing something out there, but I can't lie. I, You know, I know a few of their stuff. You, know? <laughs> oh, man, you can't yeah, go that, wrong, that, but that, if, that's my guy. <laughs> if, if you listen to the first one, it's it doesn't sound like their other stuff. Now, it's iconic, and a lot of people know it, but it doesn't sound like their other their other albums for sure. Anyway. Let's let's talk some. All right, pals, well, man. say I, less. I, I I appreciate you educating me. I, I think I'm. You know, I, I get into it. I got my title account going. There you go. There you go. Um, Grizz and Pels last night. We'll talk a little bit about this game, and then I'll kind of want to get 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 into the, the state of the franchise right now. You know, John Morant didn't play last night, and I think you looked at that. I, I what I I look at Memphis, and I say to myself, you know what? This is where the Pels should be right now. Right, they drafted Morant. They had a plan. They made a couple of changes. Nothing major. He has stayed healthy for them. I mean, not 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 all the time, but certainly more healthy than Zion has. Right, he's played a lot more. Like you said, year three, the Pels just need to be in the mix. Right, be in the playoffs. Be maybe a four or five C. Get to that point. And it feels like every year since they've drafted Zion, they've kind of had to hit the reset. He's one reason why. When I saw Memphis last night without Morant. I was just all I kept saying to myself was, "Man, Memphis has some dogs. Like they, that they, they. <laughs> if you don't see the Grizzlies a lot, seeing them last night without Morant and the way they played last night, I get it. It was the second game of a back to back to New Orleans, but I don't care if you don't like the Grizzlies. There's no way you can't be impressed by them. No, absolutely. The Grizzlies, uh, they obviously have, um, you know, high ex- uh, aspirations this season. Uh, they have, what, 41 wins before All-Star game, uh, before the All-Star game. And, you know, that's that's a real team. That's not any fluke. Um, that's not any, any frill. Uh, that is a real team that is uh, very well coached, uh, very well, you know, they, they, their defense is on a string. Uh, they cover for each other. And it seems like they've, you know, they've been in the system. And, and, it's, and it's kind of... Like you say, what a difference in night and day with the Pelicans is what you have when you have cohesion, uh, when you have all you know most of your players, uh, you know, available and and you know and, and able to build a system and build a culture, uh, you know, and and everybody buys in, and then you know you kind of see my brother who who hosts the Pels with me, he kind of uh, the Pels pod podcast with me, he talks about how like. Uh, Memphis is kind of like the Miami East almost, where you have all of these kind of dogs on the team, and if somebody goes down, that they have somebody to kind of step up, uh, like we saw with Tyus Jones yesterday, step in uh, to fill in for John Moran, and like the the system keeps humming, the machine keeps humming, uh, and, and it keeps going, and so, you know, you see what, what continuity does, uh, you know, available stars, available players does, it helps build a culture and build a system where, you know, if somebody goes down, because the, the you know, the concrete foundation has already been laid. It's easy for that person to kind of come in and be another cog to the system. Um, and, and the Pels were just another, uh, you know, a victim during this buzzsaw that is the Memphis Grizzlies season this year. The Pels, as far as where they're at, 12 games under 500, but started 3-16. and 16. They're, they're obviously a different team when Brandon Ingram's playing, and they're, they're a different team when he's playing well. Last night wasn't one of his better games. But Ingram, to me, has this season – has basically, and I think Willie Green has something to do with this, Garrick, basically put the, the, the team on his back in a lot of ways. I don't just mean on the court, but I mean the idea of I, I am going to be the, I don't, whoever the national face of the franchise is, and, and I, even, even though he hasn't played much, it's probably Zion, right? That gets the most buzz. But I am the face of this franchise, right? You know, he hit that game winner um, last month, and he's yelling, this is my bleeping city, right? How he interacts with the fans, 
how he interacts with his teammates, basically just taking ownership of a role that even after he signed that max deal, I don't know that he was comfortable yet to really do that. And some question whether he would ever be. Now, Stan Van Gundy was a terrible hire. I mean, I don't, there's no debate in it, and, and it, it never really jived with Ingram, but or any of the players for that matter. But seeing what Willie has done, I I, I got to give Willie some credit and Ingram from some credit because I think, you know, we all know how good Zion can be when he's on the floor. But Ingram moving forward, you know, this is a guy that at least for anyone that follows the team on a local level, he is the guy that's put the franchise on his back. And I think as a leader of the team, that's that's something that he has not only accepted at this point, but it feels like he's fully embraced it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, coming into this season, um, you know, in, before the, the, the season started, you could hear a different kind of talk from Brandon Ingram. Uh, he, he spoke about seeing the game uh, in a different type of view. Uh, he spoke about being a leader, being more vocal, um, you know, being more present, uh, you know, as, as far as leadership goes. And, you know, going into the season, we all thought, hey, you know, this would be uh, a fantastic season for, for Zion and B.I. to both mature and take that leap for the, uh, you know, that take that next leap. Uh, but obviously, you know, with Zion's injury and not being able to play uh, so far this season, Brandon Ingram has had to, you know, take even more of an account, uh, an accountability and leadership role, and he has done a phenomenal job. Everybody in the city uh, of New Orleans and, and Pels fans, I talked to a lot of Pels fans uh, on Twitter and things like that. Everybody has seen it. Everybody has seen the growth that he has made uh, on every aspect of his game. You know, every year he has gotten better offensively. He's added more to his game, um, and then you know everything that that people complained about about Brandon Ingram, he went into. The, into the summer and he fixed it every other year. This year, although he's not a lockdown defender, he is leaps and bounds better um, as a defender uh, than he was last season. And it has permeated throughout the entire, you know, the entire team. When you're a leader and you know you're the guy who has taken reins and your best player right now, um, it, it, when he is locked in defensively and is telling everybody, you know, and, and, and telling everybody to kind of get on my back and, and follow my lead, it emboldens everybody on the team. So you see great play from all, you know, other guys who are following behind his lead. And so when you, when you, I've gone to a lot of Pell games this season um, and, and Brandon Ingram, you know, throughout the season, whether win, loss, or, you know, whatever the case is, he's staying after, after games, he's taking pictures with fans, he's signing, you know, uh, signing autographs for people, uh, you know, holding babies, doing all kind of stuff. And, you know, those are the type of things that endear you to a community, uh, especially a community that, that has been through so much uh, between, you know, hurricanes and, and everything else that we have gone through. Uh, to have, you know, this guy who basically chose us, he's a, he's a star that could not, he did not have to sign the extension, but he chose us um, to have this guy kind of, you know, blossom in front of our eyes and for him to call us our own and then for him to embrace the city the way that he has um it has been something truly special from brandon ingram this season and it's noticed by guys like cj mccullum who said you know he was going to be traded said i wanted to go to new orleans and listed a few reasons why but first thing that came out of his mouth was brandon ingram um mm-hmm. mccullum the three went fallen last night but seeing and, and it it's Continuity is is important, and they don't have it yet, right? It's going to take a little time. You lost Hart and a couple of guys in the deal, but what McCollum brings to the table offensively is obviously undeniable. Um, and seeing him drop thirty last night, that dime he had to Ingram in the fourth quarter was the mm-hmm. highlight of the game, and it was just a thing of beauty. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's looking at the crowd. He's like, come on, let's go, right? He's, he's lifting his arms up. But uh, that trade, everyone I think is – I shouldn't say everyone. I, I hate doing that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – there are some that I think are overreacting to just a couple of games so far. I, I, I said I've been I said months ago I said look if you could trade for McCollum you got to do it like it's it's not exactly it's not like the Pelicans are this free agent destination we've seen that mm-hmm. um, he's he's not on an expiring contract so you're not renting him this he seems like a, a guy that offensively fits in perfect with this team you have the assets like why wouldn't you do it and uh, and they did and I think it's going to work out great but I I guess what do you think the long term impact is going to be or or, you know, aside from just, oh, well, this season and, you know, going for a 10 seed, which I think they'll probably be in the play-in tournament based on who's, you know, at the bottom of the conference. But what do you think this McCollum move looks like a year from now, Garrick? Absolutely. I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of, of CJ and, and the move um, that was made. So uh, bringing CJ in is actually uh, what I like to say. It, it kind of bridges everything because what it does is it tells Brandon, the guys like Brandon Ingram, uh, you know, um, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Herb Jones, guys who've been playing their, you know, their butts off this season. That hey, we're not, you know, just folding in uh, because Zion isn't here. We're, you know, we're gonna go in and try to make a play for the turn, uh, play-in tournament, uh, you know, or, or whatever the case is, um, and then maybe see where we go from there. Uh, but what, also, what it does is for the for the upcoming seasons, you know, whether Zion, uh, you know, whatever the situation happens with Zion, obviously it's up in the air, and you know, nobody really is fully understanding of what's going on. But my belief is that Zion is going to play for the Pelicans. Uh, you know, he, eventually he's going to be on the court with, with with CJ McCollum. And you know, going forward, what 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 it does is it it adds a a not only an, a great offensive player, but the respect that CJ McCollum has on the floor. Speaking uh, from coaches and other players, um, they are aware of the of the talent that CJ has, and so you know that's going to cause def, you know defensive game plans to be have to tweak a little bit. We saw over and over again how many times, even with Brandon Ingram and Zion both on the floor, fully healthy, fully going, um, how many bodies they had to see uh, in order for for those guys to score. And you're already starting to see a little bit of it now where they you have to decide whether to leave Brandon Ingram or CJ open um, or, or single coverage, uh, you know, Jonas Valanciunas. And so what it's going to do is going to it's going to free up a lot of space uh, for Brandon Ingram, for JV, um, and for Zion when he does get back. And so I, I think, you know, moving forward, like you say, you have him under contract for this season and an additional two years. Um, CJ has a game that is going to age very well uh, because he doesn't rely on a lot of athleticism. Uh, he relies on a lot of his craftiness and his skill dribbles, um, pull-ups and, and mid-range games and things like that. And those are the type of things that age really, really well. Um, and so I think going forward, CJ was a, was a, was a great move in order to, to kind of pull together the team uh, and let them know that we you know, appreciate digging themselves out of that hole that they were in, um, you know, and that we're going to, we're going to try for this season, but it also bolsters, you know, what, what, what goes on forward. We saw yesterday, Brandon Ingram didn't have a really, really great game. Um, and CJ was there keeping everything afloat. And that is kind of what, another offensive star uh, can do for you. You know, Brandon Ingram doesn't have to go for 35 to 40 a night for us to even be, uh, you know, competitive uh, in a a, a sense. Now he can kind of have those games where 
it's not so, you know, you're not having it so well, but CJ can carry some of that offensive load. So going forward, I think, you know, just having another offensive star that is respected by coaches and by his peers, um, which will cause the defensive game plans to change, is going to do wonders for JV, uh, for, for, for Brandon Ingram, and for, uh, for Zion when he gets back. Garrick Rattler, our guest, host of Pell's Pod. He and his brother Raphael host it each Monday at 5 o'clock. It is part of the NewOrleans.network that Nick Underhill started. Uh, of course, you guys know Nick from covering the Saints, Garrett covering the Pels. All right, we've talked about some some positives. Um, we gotta we gotta look at the other side of it, and that's Zion. It's always, and, always, and, and always. This, this isn't this isn't a knock on on Zion per se. I mean, he's taken plenty of flack. This is more for me a knock on the situation. Um, okay, this team can be they could take a big leap if Zion is healthy and play. Now, I have. I, since November, have said, I don't think he's playing this year. I didn't like the language that was being, you know, being used to describe a situation back then. And, you know, David Griffin last week saying anecdotally, yeah, he's doing great, uh, was just, I, I was rolling my he, eyes. He used that word. Yeah, he used that oh word a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, you know, some folks are like, oh, what does that mean? They go look it up. Like, basically, he's saying, I haven't <laughs> talked to him. I don't know. I just heard through the. Gr-. How are you? as the man that is responsible for running the entire organization. So Gail Benson hired you mm-hmm. to do. How mm-hmm. do you not have contact with a doctor, with a trainer, with Zion, with any of them? This is supposed to be the key to your future, the number one overall pick. This is why you're not on national TV a bunch this year because Zion wasn't playing, so they took you off. I mean, the star power, all this stuff. We go on about all the stuff Zion can potentially be when he's healthy. How are you as David Griffin, how do you not know? Or are you just lying? Either way, it's 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 bad. It's absurd. Oh, I mean, I remember last week. It was early last week. Oh, Zion's back in New Orleans. That's a great sign. I'm like, let's calm down a little bit. Just because he's back in New Orleans doesn't mean that it's going to be great news. Like, I get that everyone's positive right now after McCollum trade, but let's slow down here because there have been, there's been really no positive news regarding Zion since last year when he was playing and the team was struggling, but he played great and was an all-star and he was, he was fun to watch and he was my CTV at times, but it's been a long time since there has been a positive Zion story as it pertains to he and the Pelicans, Garrick. And I, 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 I am of the opinion. I don't think he plays this year. If he does cool. Right. But I think the players have said it publicly as well. Like we can't, we can't wait on him to get back. If he does, great. But we're not we're not planning on it. We're just we're we're working with what we have. That situation to me, whatever's happening, if he's had setbacks, whatever. I, I if if the news is bad, just say it. Like, what are you are you trying to protect him like you did with the bubble? Well, if that's the case, now it's special treatment for someone that I like. There are a lot of avenues you could go to when you leave the door open for a what if. And that's what David Griffin does with these updates he doesn't give or with stuff like anecdotally and all this other BS. When you don't give a few more details, people are often going to assume the worst because why wouldn't they? And you could you could point to a, a number of different avenues that it might go down, Garrick. But to me, at this point, none of them are good. That's why I'm like, I don't I don't think he's playing this year. What is your take on the current status of Zion Williamson, the situation surrounding him and his future with the Pelicans. Yeah, it, it, it has been, it has been a weird, weird year. Um, as far as 
Zion and the updates and is where is he? It's like playing a game of where's Waldo. It's, it's crazy. Um, you get all of these cryptic updates and things like that. So, well, firstly, I, I'm going to start off with, with the Zion updates, right? So I, I've been watching, you know, you know, to everybody seeing the same things about, you know, other media people reporting, oh, where's Zion this and Zion that. And then, you know, David Griffin coming out uh, and the team coming out with their updates and things like that. First off, I want to say that it is very weird uh, to get updates on a player the way, you know, we're getting them with Zion. So, for instance, uh, you, you know, you don't hear too much about Kawhi Leonard. You don't hear too much about Paul George. You don't hear too much about Jamal Murray. Michael Porter Jr. just kind of like, disappeared and no one asked any questions about it, um, you know, and things like that. And so I think the draw of Zion is what, is what people are, 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 you know, pulling for They're, They want to know this mega superstar, um, you know, what's going on with his every, you know, single move uh, as far as that goes. And so when, when the Pels come out with these, you know, medical updates, every whatever, whatever that they release, um, I just find it weird, like, is that, you know, do they have to do that? Uh, is that something that is mandated by the NBA? Um, because you don't really see too much about, you know, these other players that are that are hurt, um, and they don't get updates. But what I will also say is that I, I agree with you, Scott. I think that where the franchise is and where the fans are, I think the fans are like, listen, if he's out for the season, just announce it and let us move on. Uh, let, you know, let people move on, uh, knowing that he won't be, you know, here for the season as opposed to, oh, well, when this team gets healthy, well, when this team gets healthy, is he going to come back post all-star break? Things like that. And so I think where the fans are is just like, just rip the bandaid off and tell us. But what also, you know, what, what I would also say is that I, I just don't, I don't think that Zion, I think Zion is hurt. I do think he, you know, he is hurt, and things happen. Listen, we we are a franchise that uh, we are no, we are used to have to dealing with, uh, you know, things going on uh, that are out of our control that just seem to be unfair. Um, and I think that we, we are dealing with we're in the midst of, of a situation, and so I think most of the frustration that comes with, with Zion is that. If he is hurt, it, it's like nobody hears from him, right? It's always, oh, this is reported. This camp is this, or his camp says this, or whatever, whatever. And then when he was asked by Fletcher Mackle down here, uh, you know, about the city and everything, and he and they asked him about it, he was like, oh, I'm glad you asked. You know, I love this city. I love New Orleans. I love playing here. Like that was the, you know, that was the first time we had heard from him. And so I think most of the the frustration comes from from that. Um, if, if you are hurt, if, if he is out for the season, just announce it, rip the bad date off, and, you know, and let us, you know, deal with it and let us deal with the guys that we have on the floor um, who are competing every night and playing well every night. Um, and, and, you know, and, and even when they don't, they're still in games and playing defensively and playing hard and trying to, you know, trying to compete and, and be in these games. And so as far as Zion goes, I, I'm kind of on the on the on the on the on the sense of if it if he plays and I I still think that there is a glimmer of hope um, because if he was out for the season it's very easy to just come out and say hey he's not going to be here for the rest of the season um, but if there is a chance you know after this post uh, I mean after the All Star break um, that he does come and and you know ten games of Zion I, I'm sure Pelicans fans you know anywhere objectively would say give me ten games of Zion um, this season. 
I'll take it. So I think that they're, you know, they're objectively uh, speaking. I don't know if they announced him out for the season. And because they haven't done that, it still gives me, uh, you know, a little bit of hope. But I'm of the mindset, like, listen, CJ is here. Brandon Ingram is here. Uh, Herb Jones is here. Like, we have guys who are competing every day on the floor, fighting for a 10 Um And if, you know, and if, Zion is watching the same games that we are. There's no way he isn't excited to come in um, and contribute to this team and contribute to the success of this team because I do think that, like like we said earlier with Memphis, CJ McCollum now added and Zion with that team, um, you know that that is a team to be reckoned with. And so, I, I, you know, if, if he's watching the same games we are and seeing the Jose Alvarados um, and, and just like the, the the way the culture is being being set and, and brought forth, um, I, I can't do anything but it, it, assume that he's itching to get back to that team um, because I can't see him. People always talking about the new the the coastal cities and where he should go and should he be in the. I, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention, but both of the New York teams and both of the LA teams are not in great <laughs> great situations. So I don't see why that would ever be a, uh, you know a cause for concern. But this team is ready to compete with Zion, and hopefully he's back. Garrick Rattler has been our guest at Garrick underscore Rattler, host of the Pels Pod at Pels Pod. If you want to follow it there, great talking Pels with you, man. Uh, Rage Cajun alum. As he uh, yeah, let us all know, and um, of course we talked a little music to kick it off as well. Garrett, appreciate it, man. Let's do it again in the future, all right? Always, man. Thanks so much for having me on, Scott. You got it. That is Garrick Rattler. Go give him a follow at Garrick underscore Rattler.